Tinakwea, no my hardy my. My name is Will Appleby, and welcome to Animal Matters. Today on the show, I'm chatting with Irina Miller, Daisy Lab's co-founder and CEO. We've talked about Daisy Lab before in episode 53. They're a food technology startup based right here in Aotearoa that seeks to use precision fermentation to make dairy products like cheese without the use of animals. There's been a lot of discussion in recent years about lab-grown meat and dairy. The idea is that these products can be produced without animals, yet taste like the real thing. The globe is waking up to the fact that animal agriculture makes a significant contribution to our greenhouse gas emissions, not to mention the pain and suffering that animals have to endure. And food technology, like precision fermentation, is starting to be recognised as part of the solution. So without further ado, here is my corridor with Daisy Lab's CEO, Irina Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, this is a really interesting topic and I'm really interested in, in diving into it with you. Thank you so much. No, no, no problem. My pleasure. Just to begin with, could you tell us a little bit about Daisy Lab and, and what is it that you seek to achieve? So Daisy Lab um, is um, aiming to develop um, dairy identical proteins without involving any cows. So uh, lots of things can be achieved this way. Probably my primary driver is to... Um, well, at least ease the burden of animal agriculture on um, New Zealand um, land and on our animals. Um, but also it could um, bring lots of different benefits, environmental benefits, um, cutting on water and land use, greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so potential for this technology is quite um, is quite far-reaching. Mm. So you're using... Precision fermentation. How does this work? What is precision fermentation? So precision fermentation, a good way to think about it is it's actually very similar to traditional fermentation. So we use friendly microorganisms that um, are usually submerged just in sugary water, which is where they like to live. They feed on sugar, go about their life, multiply and um, modify those sugars that they, you know, that they consume into other compounds. So tra- traditional fermentation products are your beer, kombucha, um, yogurts, um, all of those are sort of around for thousands of years. Precision fermentation is pretty much the same, except we train the microorganism um, before we put it into the fermentation liquid we train it to produce the compound that we want um, so fundamentally we take a piece of dna um, from in our in our case from a cow and we introduce it into the microorganism and um, once it's happy and happy go living about its life then from there on the process is just like brewing beer or kombucha is it by basically the, it lives it lives in the fermentation liquid and is its byproduct um, it it produces milk protein right so similar to how uh, fermentation for beer the byproduct is is the alcohol isn't it yep absolutely 
This isn't exactly new technology, isn't it? No. Uh, precision fermentation's been around for a while. What are some other examples where precision fermentation has been used? Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Precision fermentation is actually a very mature technology compared to, say, you know, cellular meat. Um, and um, it is is humanity. We've been using it for decades. Um, a lot of it is in pharmaceuticals. So just to give you the, the most common example is insulin um, is currently all of the insulin in the world is produced using precision fermentation. It used to be taken from pigs. So there were multiple, multiple, multiple pig farms everywhere um, where pigs were raised in, in order to harvest um, liver enzyme, which was then turned into insulin for humans. And um, then sometime in the 80s, I believe, uh, when this um, technology was discovered, um, people basically now skip all the drama and just produce, I believe there's just like a couple of big factories in the world that can um, tailor for the entire uh, population of the world um, producing insulin. Another good example, which is actually... Um, already in the food industry is the microbial cheese rennet. So original rennet used to be harvested from newborn calves' stomachs, which means that calf would have to be slaughtered, of course. Um, and then that enzyme is used to coagulate cheese, to coagulate milk to make cheese. Um, now most of the rennet across around the world, probably about 90% is produced using precision fermentation. Not so much in New Zealand because we have such an abundant supply of newborn cows. Um, New Zealand tends to produce rennet in a traditional way, which means that many people who eat cheese, they don't actually realize that it's not even vegetarian. But, um, in the world, most of the rennet is produced using precision fermentation. Right. Interesting. So essentially, a, a big chunk of the world's companies and industries that are using dairy to make cheese, they're already using this kind of technology within their food chain. So um, I guess it's just another another step, isn't it, to, to take it that extra step further and, and take the cows out of the process altogether. Absolutely. And that, that was really surprising to us that there was, when I first learned about this technology, which, which was um, a few years ago, um, I, it just seemed like such a common sense. Dairy industry is already using it. Of course, they're going to be just substituting it for um, this kind of better version of dairy. But um so for a number of years, I just waited for it to happen, and then it didn't. And in 2020, it still wasn't here. So I thought that now nah, we have to start it ourselves. <laughs> if the industry is not going to move, we got to give it a bit of a nudge. Yeah, definitely. Um, progress is sometimes at a snail's pace, isn't it? <laughs> what is the process for developing? food technology like this like what sort of regulatory requirements do you face to even to bring this to the world yeah there's quite a few particularly in new zealand um just about every investor group we engage with at the moment because we you know been raising um our first um capital round um asks us the same question why would you be doing this in new zealand this is probably one of the most um harshly regulated environments to do it in and to which we reply, well, yes, you're correct, but that's not the point. 
um, if we wanted an easy life and we wanted to earn easy money, we would just probably invest in a property in Auckland and sit back and relax. Um, that's not why we do it. Why we decided to start a startup. Um, so uh, yeah, it's not easy, but it's possible, and we're working around it. If I can go through a few things that are sort of very strictly regulated that um, other countries don't have, and it starts with the list of organisms that we are allowed to use that are considered sort of native organisms that have to be on an MPI list. It's the facility that has to be specifically equipped and approved to um, be um, working in with. And then it's the um, subsequent um, food standards, uh, making sure that the product that we produce is is safe for human consumption, which um, that regulation might actually be eased off in the near future because fundamentally we're producing identical ingredient that is already widely in the food chain. So um, say in the US, they they don't have to prove that, um, that the ingredient is safe for human consumption because it's like, well, it's already being consumed on a mass scale. So... As long as it's pure and um, you can you can show that there is in fact the protein of milk, um, it's 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 all good to just go without any further regulations. But it's we see the path, so it's it's absolutely possible. It just takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll get there. It's a long haul. So any any biotech related. Any technology like that takes time to scale up because culture is temperamental. Something any, anyone who's brewed anything would know that. So something that grows really well in a small um, jar wouldn't might not want to grow as well in a larger um, fermentation um, tank. So it's anyone who's brewed beer would would know that. It it, it takes time to polish and um, scale up this technology but it's possible yeah i have a, um, a very limited and unsuccessful um history in trying to brew beer and like <laughs> and it's not easy <laughs> that's for sure so you're you're currently raising funds to employ more researchers. Given your current trajectory, and you've, you've just kind of pointed on the, the hurdles that you do face, but how long do you expect until you've produced enough casein to begin making pilot food products? To when you can actually come and taste it. It is probably 24 to 36 months away, so about two to three years. Um, again, very hard to give um, exact estimates with biology because it's not like writing software when you know you'll invest that amount of hours and you'll get that result in, in the end. A lot of it is like um, baking. You can have the best chefs, the best ingredients, the best um, recipes, but your cake will still not turn out the first time around. Um, it might take several tries or it may be perfect on the first on the first try. So that's why it's hard to predict exactly. But um, realistically, it's probably 24, 24 months away. Right. Okay. 
That's not too long. I mean, it feels like a long time, but it's not too. It's bad. not too. No, it's it's definitely part. So the next big thing after that would be well, okay, we now have those pilot preparations. You can taste it. I can taste it. Um, a handful of other people can taste it. Now we have to really hit the shelves. So that would be the next exciting step: is scaling that, scaling it up to the point where we can sell it. We can actually give it to bring it to consumers. Mm. You've, um, you mentioned earlier about some of the easing off, perhaps, of some of the regulations. What is, what's your interaction been like with government departments, MPI, politicians? Do they take what you're doing seriously? Are they sceptical of the impact that this product, this technology could have on the dairy industry in Aotearoa? This is a very interesting question. We actually try to, well, we are very small, right? We were just a proof of concept for the last, really just working on a proof of concept um, for the last 12 months. So we didn't have a lot of interactions, particularly not with politicians or many government departments. We had... A preliminary meeting sort of with regulators to really just understand when in terms of the process that we follow, will that be later on um, possible to you know, gain their approvals? And um, yeah, well, we were a little bit scared going into those meetings, thinking that we will, as you say, either not be taken seriously or um, have maybe sometimes even a hostile treatment because in a way we are not undermining, but we, you know, we we're sort of going after the product that is considered a traditional backbone product that New Zealand is trading. Um, but I have to say, those few interactions that we had were really, all of them were really positive. People are excited to see new technology, excited um, about the opportunities that it can bring. Um, have different levels, I suppose, of. Um, People assess the potential of this technology in different ways. So some think that that really will be it, that this is the way the dairy will be produced in, you know, sometime in 10, 15 years. Some are a lot more skeptical, saying that, well, look, it will have its niche. Uh, it will appeal to, you know, vegan communities. Um, and this is probably where it stops. It, it's really hard to predict where it will go between those two extremes um i think the market will decide i think that's 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 what what I, all i can hope for is just give this technology a fighting chance uh put it out there and then let the world decide it's exciting technology for those of us who have um, i mean i've been vegan for about five years now um and the thought of products that are essentially the real thing but without taking but you know taking out the animals um i mean i'm possibly lactose intolerant now so i don't know if i can um if i can ev even eat cheese from a precision fermentation but i'll definitely give it a go um and it's exciting and i think it's it's great to, that there are kiwi companies doing this well we'll not we won't be we won't be putting lactose um into it just yet that's not the plan so just you you really lactose is just sugar you can substitute it uh with any other sugar so we're just focusing on the protein um i'm like you though so i've been vegan for five years i used to absolutely love cheese i used to make my own cheese i just love the chemistry of it um how it coagulates how it stretches how you know it's it i always found it fascinating can't do it anymore, obviously, because, you know, I don't, I don't um, buy milk. Um, I miss this process. I want to make cheese. But my taste buds, yeah, taste buds have changed. Like, I'm, you almost have to just, will have to re-teach yourself to consume 
um, cheese once it's there. But I, I, I remember just how big of a barrier cheese was for me when I was first going vegan. Um, it, it really just the taste is what so many people like. You make a good point about, you know, uh, it's been so long. Like a lot of people sometimes ask me, don't you miss cheese? And it's been so long since I've had it that it's hard to miss it. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to try it, 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 it from a different source um, later on down the track. It's like with Impossible Burger. I don't know if you've yes. uh, tasted that one already. I almost have, you know, you kind of almost have to convince yourself like, no, 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 that's okay. That's, you know, that's plants. That's okay. That's not me. You can eat it. Definitely. That was a bizarre experience for the exact same reason. But um, it was it was delicious, I thought. Yeah, no, it was great. But it's. I think it might be similar. So to vegans who are, will be open to this product, um, it, it might be a very similar experience of just eating it and thinking, that just feels wrong, <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, look, thank you so much for chatting with me today. Um, best of luck for your your, your current round of, of fundraising, and um, and yeah, hopefully in the near future this um, this will be ready to go to the market. We'll keep you posted. Thank you for listening to Animal Matters. This podcast is brought to you by Safe for Animals, Aotearoa's leading animal rights organisation and produced by myself, Will Appleby. Make sure you subscribe to stay across Animal Matters on whatever your favourite podcast platform is. If you're listening on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners to find the show. Until next time, mate wa.